0: There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your Freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with Riskwell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Hey, folks, how's it going? Thanks for joining us here on Episode 10 of the Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins. We take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. I am very excited uh, to be uh, joined by my friend and colleague, uh, quasi-mentor, Jason Cass. Uh, Normally, I would say, don't tell him I said that, but I said it to him, so here we are. Uh, Jason Cass, what is the name of your actual agency? I know you have several titles, but as an agency owner... Um, I am the
1: managing partner of the Insurance Alliance.
0: The Insurance Alliance. Okay, good deal. So Jason is a man who wears a lot of hats. And I brought him here. I invited him. I shouldn't say I brought him. I invited him to episode 10 for a very specific reason. Uh, Those of you that don't know Jason, let me just tell you, he is not a former captive. He never made a freedom jump. Uh, He's had a pretty uh, incredible career in the insurance industry, which we'll get into uh, in a little bit. But I invited him here to speak as basically an ambassador of the industry at large. Jason's very connected uh, in the association world uh, with a lot of carriers, with a lot of power brokers that are outside of the Retail insurance agency owner uh, mm-hmm. world. So we're going to just have some like state of the industry kind of, of dialogue cool. here. So um, Jason, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know a lot of people know you, uh, but for those that don't, why don't you give them the, the backstory of who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, dude. Um, I did take a freedom jump in a way, not from captive, um, just from any uh, career that you're in getting into the IA. I say it's the greatest industry God ever created. And I mean that with all my heart for a million different reasons. And if you're in this industry and you're learning, whether you're a captive or uh, an independent, you know that. Um, I started, my father-in-law told me a long time ago that I should be in. I met my wife when I was 17. He, after the first dinner said, son, you need to be in insurance. I said, I'll never do it a day in my life. I I got into sales. I realized I was really good. Um, so I decided to get back in and go to insurance when I was 23. Been I have started a book of business three times from scratch. Uh, the last time when I started my own agency, I was on a two-year non-compete. Um, so I, I was doing a lot of things. And then when I started being involved in the association, the big I, in the mid-2000s, became the national chair for two years and that then catapulted me to different things. That catapulted me to kind of be known at the beginning. I Back in 2010, 2011, believe it or not, I was the Facebook guy. So that's what everybody told me because Ryan Hanley and I were doing stuff on Facebook a long, long time ago. Created a podcast called Agents Influence uh, where I would take people's voices. My slogan is, is uh, creating change and forward momentum in the greatest industry God ever created by giving a voice to those who have no voice. I would be out traveling and speaking And people would be saying to me, these great ideas or monumental things that could change the industry or the other agencies. And I'd say, Hey, you need to say that you need to get that word out there. And they would say, well, I can't, you have the microphone. That's why I'm telling you. And so that was my, uh, that was my 100% motive for creating that. And -hmm. I have a really good little story, um, about, uh, about how we came up with that name, um, or pastor Rick Warren um, what and a and a verse out of of uh, Isaac actually is what helped me figure out agents' influence. Really cool story I'll tell you about later. But anyways. Um, then I created. Then I became a author. I created a book. Um, since then, I created Agency Intelligence, rebranded everything. It used to be Grow Program that Ryan Hanley and I started. Now it's Agency Intelligence. Um, since then, now I've started Pod Squad, which is uh, during the COVID time, a lot of agents came to me out of nowhere and was like, "Hey, I want to create a podcast. I want you to do it?" Um, so I started creating podcasts, but not part of the network. The thing that James is a part of and that makes our network like so awesome, um, it's such a great piece of fabric in this mesh that we're creating here, um, James. And uh, now we have a network, theinsurancepodcastnetwork.com. So you can find James at his agency, uh, agency freedom anywhere on all your podcasts, but you can also go find him along with nine others that we've cre- that we've created. And my point was to give a voice to those who have no voice. So a lot of podcasters say, Jason, I can't believe you're really supporting all these people. Doesn't that take away from yours? First of all, that's a scarcity mindset. We don't roll that way. But second of all, if I can have 10, 15, 20 other people propelling other people's voices, that's how you make change. That's how yep. you reach inside of people who are inside their cocoon, like you and your wife talked about those first two years, just brutal, you know, trying to go through that and to be able to have hope and understand like agency freedom does and gives that like these, they're more terrible business owners. We're great salespeople, but terrible business owners. And it's people like you, me, Ryan Hanley, Caitlin, everybody that's uh, making it great. So that's who I am. Uh, if you didn't know that, that's my roadmap.
0: Awesome. No, it's I, I love the way that you approach the whole game. Um, you know, obviously, you're a, a few years ahead of me on the roadmap, but what you're doing with the creation of content, of delivering value first and asking for something after... Mm -hmm. I think that value-first mindset is just so stinking attractive to the marketplace, to the retail agency owner, that in some ways is your customer as well as the actual insureds out there. And Mm -hmm. I I think it's really important that I I note uh, that you are not in any way on the sidelines. You're an active participant in your agency. You Mm -hmm. are a whale hunter, as you refer to yourself. Uh, You're in the trenches right along with me and all of our listeners as well, which I in my opinion, uh, gives you a certain amount of validity uh, that someone who's not an active participant in the sales game I give an asterisk to someone like Charles SPECT, who's not currently mm-hmm. an agency owner, but obviously he's involved in the game mm-hmm. uh, a in a lot of ways. I just I never heard his content before. He launched a podcast just a couple of weeks ago, really good. and it's really good. I enjoy uh, his flavor of things. So if you haven't mm-hmm. already, check out Charles SPECT and the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different take on the the world that we're talking about uh totally different perspective than what i'm delivering on agency freedom so i don't mind putting him out there and say hey listen to him too he's got some good stuff
1: james let Um, me tell you how awesome this industry is with this little point here how charles became a part of the network was because david carruthers put him in contact and said you need to get on Cass's network now if you guys don't know david carruthers that's okay but if you go listen to david carruthers podcast and you listen to charles they teach the same thing but that's the selflessness of David to say, hey, you got to get on this network because more people need to hear you. And, no. and, and, and 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 that shows that David's not doing it for a motivation of trying to like make money or be the big dog. Because if he was, you wouldn't have said that to somebody. You would have seen him as a competitor, and he doesn't. That's just so many great people in this industry. Well, and literally...
0: Yesterday I heard David say and he was talking about you know scale and you know balance between work and family and how he chose to restrict his insurance operation to mostly the state of Florida. He'll take some stuff outside of Florida if it comes mm-hmm. to him, but he's not mm-hmm. actively prospecting outside of Florida. Right. And the way that he worded that I thought was really cool and I want to make this point for our listeners. Yeah, the whole build an empire, take over the world thing. There's definitely some attraction to that. Like, I fall into that too. Like, I have said the words, I'm building an empire. I say it all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're, if we're not having that mindset to some degree, I feel like our vision and scope is too small. But for anyone out there listening, I really have to remind us all that what we're really looking for is quality of life. Uh, for ourselves, for our families, for our team, for our clients, of course, but selfishly, we're doing this for us, for our mm-hmm. team, for our enjoyment, for our satisfaction. That we have to be honest with ourselves and figure out okay, what does it look like? What's an ideal balance between making sure I'm at every practice and every event and every game for my kids? and closing that next big deal. I know mm-hmm. that's an aside, that's not really what we're talking about in this episode, mm-hmm. but in, Still in the context go. of world breakers, mm-hmm. like we've gotta be honest with ourselves of where are we gonna draw that line of, you know what? I'm gonna go super hard up to this point. Uh, but then from there, I'm gonna prioritize family, faith, um, uh, charitable activity, whatever else. Uh, we're gonna step out of the office and do other important things too. Mm-hmm. So and, and I know that's a subject we could rail on for a long time, but I have to say that as an aside, as you're either thinking about making that freedom jump or you've already made that freedom jump and you're trying to dominate in your space, just don't sacrifice other things unintentionally mm-hmm. uh, at the altar of work success. So anyways, do um, you want to jump into the questions? I, I know there's four questions Got I wanted me. to ask Let's you. Let's go. Um, so the first one here... When we look at the IA, the Independent Agency Retail Channel, as a thing, the entire channel, okay. when, we're going to ask you the negative first because I'm a you know, risk manager by trade and I'm always looking at the threat before the opportunity. What is, in your mind, what is the, not maybe the biggest because there's probably several that you could easily say, what is a major or significant threat to the channel itself, not to individual agencies, but to the independent agency channel. What do you think? Okay. Okay. current
1: threat. Okay, well, there are a lot of them. Um, Okay, first of all, not challenging the norms. Uh, We just kind of get, we fall into, we go work in an agency that's been doing the same thing forever and we keep doing the same thing forever. And I don't think that there's enough challenging on that. I wrote an article that was called the uh, three, uh, well, there's actually five truths of insurance, but the three lies that prevent you from finding the five truths of insurance. And I think that that is so true because if you are working in this industry and you are not finding the five truths, you don't agree with me that this is the greatest industry God ever created. There's a reason why it is the greatest industry God ever created, because of the flexible schedule, financial freedom, community contributor, empire builder, and mentor. Those are the truths of this great industry. And there's things we believe. We believe that, and especially captives, taking the freedom jump, don't fall trap that to the more carriers I have, the more business I can write. Amen. That's not necessarily true. You have 10 to 15 carriers, you're going to have a lot of efficiency problems. You're going to have a lot of commitment problems, right? All that stuff that you can do. So that's important. We need to understand that data literally is going to run our life, data people process. But I will say- That data will not be the thing that will eliminate agents as what I call the great separator. It's my second book that I'm trying to write and I just can't get it done because I'm telling you, I'm being honest with you, James, that the industry is changing so fast that by the time I write something and I know that I'm going to get it out, it's like, well, I already know two or three agencies doing that. That's going to be mainstream and agents not listening to that. I've said for a long time, I believe our employees are our greatest risk if we don't take them seriously, if we don't create cultures that they are wanting that are inviting. I think that that's a huge issue. Um, I think you're going to see agencies that start to have data in their office. Please understand this from Texas. You understand this more than anything. A lot of your listeners are from Texas. When we see that coming, they are coming from across America, but you have a very strong hold in the South. So a lot of people listening to this, you have land rights. And you have mineral rights right a lot of people don't don't own land but they own the mineral rights right opposites could be true too some own both that's where we're going there's a revenue that comes from the end from the from the carrier and then there's going to be revenue that comes in from the data you're going to be able to own agencies or not own agencies but own the data and you're going to be vice versa because you're going to be selling the data and i say in challenge that you're that in the near future the revenue off data will be more than the revenue from the carriers. And I believe in 10 years, it won't even be close to those agencies that are doing it. Now, when those agencies do it, now they're going to start to attract the best talent. If you if you ever want to change your people, there's a saying, Cass says, if you can't change your people, change your people. Now, sometimes that sounds mean, but it, but first I said, <laughs> but first oh, I man. said, if you can't change your people, you have to work with them. You have to give them guidance. You have to help them in all their means. But if you can't change them, then you got to change them. And I no. believe that as we do that, we're going to start taking on the better talent and the worst talent is going to start going to agencies, which is only going to spiral faster down. So at the end of the day, data is a very, very, very important thing. And I'm, and I'm going to end with this, James. I'm not talking about categorical data. I'm not talking about phones numbers. I'm not talking about addresses. I'm talking about building the customer experience where you meet the expectations. But here's the key. And I think what people like you are doing, the unexpectations. the partners that you've created relationships with, James, you don't realize you're meeting them at places they didn't expect you to go. Your staff is doing things they didn't expect that's the key. That's when we get turned on is when we do business with somebody or our loved one does something for us that we don't expect. So I think, I think relationships and our employees are vital for the future. And I think we need to get that serious. No,
0: I, I could not agree more. The, my team kind of rolls their eyes as, yeah, okay, dad, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that fatherly <laughs> comment. When I tell them they are my VIP client. My the three young ladies that work here, okay. and Jonathan, uh, the the risk advisor, the producer that we hired back in uh, in February, those four people are my VIP clients. If they're not happy, if they're not satisfied, if they're not engaged, I have an existential problem because I can win all the clients that I want. But I saw what happens when it's just me. Back when I was a captive agent, it was my wife and I.
1: Will say from
0: twenty fifteen. When it's just me, our growth was capped. Our scale was capped. There was only a certain amount that we were even potentially capable of because I only have. Much to my uh, chagrin, I can't find another way to get more than 168 hours out of a week. I've talked to God and he hasn't allowed me to have it. For some reason, I'm stuck with 168 hours. I can't beg, (laughs) borrow, steal, or buy more than 168 hours.
1: prairie won't answer. (laughs)
0: Dude, so if I want to grow and scale, I absolutely need <laughs> like-minded, great. driven, professional young people. Ugh. And I say mostly young people because I don't see that drive, that fire from someone in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Would I hire the right person if they're a lot older? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I absolutely would. I just haven't found the right person yet who's in that life stage. Mm-hmm. So I 100% agree to your point, man. And oh, wow. data... I know there's a couple of vendors out there. Um, uh, Mr. Zaremba comes to mind quickly. Mm-hmm. I know Chris Paradiso is is beating that drum as well as others that we both know. the The data war is well underway, and a lot of people aren't even aware of it. You know, mm-hmm. the carriers, the really, really big vendors like Applied and Vertifor and others. Uh, the the very large national retail brokers as well, they definitely get it. The Locktons and Marsh and Aon and Hub and Gallagher and all of those offices absolutely understand the data thing. Uh, the small locally owned uh, retail shop, by and large, does not get it. And they're years behind of their competitors. And, that's and you know, just something
1: thing. simple, something simple, just as taking seriously as recording your phone calls today are important. Because very soon, that's where we lose the most data in our agency. A 30-minute phone call and just a little bit of data that gets documented into the system or stays in James' mind that doesn't get relayed out to the staff because it wasn't that big of a deal. But in three months when that staff member's dealing with something that you don't know about, that information would have been a big deal. So just by starting today to record your calls— And and have them like I'm not just saying it because I think a lot of people do, but but a light speed voice. I'm I've banked calls for five six years that a thing like Dora that uh, that Chris uh, Chris Paradiso is using is a something that scans your email or your phone calls after you get off the phone and can give you results of those within three to five minutes. Well, you don't have to start that today, but starting the recording today can allow you to bank that information for the future. Just something very simple that you can do to start preparing for the future. Well, right along with that
0: is simple note-taking and getting, and I am the absolute worst of this. At this moment, I'm not consistent doing it myself. When I get off the phone with someone, do I go to the CRM do I go to their file and just click new note, talk to so and so about such and such? Here was the outcome, here's the next steps, here's what we're doing next. Click, send, save to the file, and move on. Do I take that 30 seconds? I don't most of the time. Should I? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I ask my team to do it. And I mean, it's shame on me because I'm a hypocrite. My team does it a lot better than I do. If they go to my files in the in the AMS and now certs, in Better Agency, our CRM, are they going to see notes that I keyed in there? Most of them they're not because I'm mm-hmm. a hypocrite and shame on me. So just little things like what you just said, you know, recording phone calls and take notes. Uh, we've, had, we've hit that before in previous episodes. But yeah, man, absolutely. We are moving too fast for our own good most of the time.
1: Especially Um, right now, we have went in the last two to three years, we have uh, progressed, and this is no exaggeration, 15 years of the prior 15 years of what it is, you know? Uh, Zig Ziglar said something one time that really entertained me. Um, He said, if you take a frog and you drop it in boiling water the frog will hop right out. I mean, just instantly. It's amazing thing. And they actually have this on YouTube, but they don't show this part. If you take a frog and you put it in lukewarm water and you slowly turn it up, the frog will literally cook itself to death. It doesn't realize what's going on around it. And sometimes I think us agents are in that same mindset, James. We don't realize that we're actually, the heat is being turned up Right. So how do we know that if you were in the business in 2010 and someone plucked you out of that and dropped you into 2021, I guarantee you you'd jump right out. You'd be like, "Whoa, holy cow! This is different." You know what I mean? And yeah. I think it's the same principle. We did, we can't pluck ourselves out though, James. We're in that same mindset of thinking, "Well, some stuff's changing, some's not." You said it a minute. There's a digital war going on right now, and it's just started. So yeah. think about that, agents. You are you sitting there? You know how do you pluck yourself out of 2010 and actually drop yourself in today so you can get into the rhythm of how much is changing?
0: Well, just, I haven't said exactly this uh, in previous episodes, but it, it bears having the, the thought process because we we have talked about the fact that older, longer tenured, more legacy agents are insulated from bad decisions and passivity to a certain extent because of their renewal flow. They have enough coming in of a renewal revenue stream that they... Don't necessarily feel the pain, the crunch that these younger agents yes. do. If I don't do something, I don't have the renewal stream. I'm mm-hmm. at this point, I'm a, a renewal stream. I have one and a half years of renewals right now. If I miss the boat on something, I'm gonna be pretty aware of it quickly because the but the bottom line numbers are gonna be showing it very soon. Mm-hmm. You know, if I've been around for 10 years. I know ten years from now, I'll probably have somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five million dollars in annual revenue of past business. I'm going to be pretty insulated from bad decisions. I'm not going to feel the pain of passivity. That I think that's a huge advantage these younger agents have because one, they're more agile. They have a smaller team. They're able to change their activity a lot faster. But they're also a lot more aware. Of mistakes that are made because they feel it in their wallet like a that. lot faster than these I like legacy that. agents. So, I like that. guys, freedom jumpers, those of you that haven't yet made the jump, you have a massive structural systemic advantage of mm-hmm. your competition. And I think that's something that we just need to pile on uh, in, in the very near future because the more agile you're, you are as an office, the better you're able to notice something and change behavior because of it. You're just going to be more successful. There's no way around that. So That's good. um, I like that. I'm going to turn the coin over. We talked about threat. Now let's talk about opportunity for the independent retail agent. What do you see as the biggest, right in front of you, opportunity? Commercial insurance.
1: And I I just have to say that because a lot of stuff that's being taught today by David Carruthers, Charles Specht, many others – is something that used to be held at the big broker stage uh, level. Like the big brokers were out there doing that, but we weren't doing that. Why does that matter? Um, Because, excuse me, my nose is really itchy this morning, uh, allergies. But the reason why I think that the big brokers, or the the reason why this is impactful is because for agencies to be successful in the future, you're going to have to have larger margins. And larger margins are going to come by the, by a minimum premium or minimum revenue threshold. So yeah. like, Hey, everybody we ride is 500 or more or a thousand or more. And what you'll find out is it's really easy. Once you set that threshold to, to raise it every six months to a year, because you just start hitting it. Um, well, how do I raise my revenue per client? Jason, you know how you do that? It's with a prospected a targeted prospect list. If you want to write revenue $500 or more per client, guess what? Don't call or quote clients that are less than $500. You know, something magical
0: happens when I don't quote someone. I don't win the business. It's crazy. I know. Wild concept, right? If you don't want the business, here's here's a wild idea. Don't quote them. Don't quote them. Don't even talk to them.
1: It's it's a really weird thing. You're dictating <laughs> who you're dictating who these people are in your office. I don't think that sometimes. So commercial lines allows that to happen. I do not think personal lines is going to go away with the with the autonomous vehicles and all that. I believe that as some risk is mitigated, I believe other risk will take its spot. Maybe it's a little bit less. Maybe it's a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe it's to put out by car dealerships. I don't know. But I asked Daniel Burris, who's a futurist who wrote a bunch of books in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, and amazing how correct he is today, I said, what is the future? And he said, relationships. Relationships are the future. They'll be enhanced by technology, by, by different tech uh, automations and stuff such like that, AI, machine learning. But commercial insurance is what is going to protect you. Eighty-some percent of all businesses are written by Commercial. And commercial insurance is just a higher margin. It allows you to, you know, you make a premium. Ours and our agency is $10,000 in revenue or less. We do our best to get away from that. That's $75,000 usually in premium and below. Do we walk away from $40,000 accounts? No. Okay. But we're looking like, hey, what is the possibility here? And is it a clean account? And is it going to take us a lot of time because it's focused on getting us away from something else? Um, So I think that is a huge opportunity. And I think agents are scared I'm teaching one producer right now commercial in my agency and I told him I said that Dairy Queen has pretty much the same insurance as that auto zone right there as it does that flower shop like 90% of it is the same they just have a couple different things and I think because agents feel as if like well I don't understand the whole business behind Dairy Queen or an auto zone or whatever it's like Well, no, that doesn't matter. Like you don't—they're not expecting you to know everything they do. They're wanting you to know what their risks are. Well, guess what their risks are? Climbing up on that ladder to get those get those parts. You know, Um, we have slicks, uh, slick pads. These are the same things that all businesses have. So I think there's a huge when you talk about opportunity, because here's what I'm doing. And David Carruthers taught me this. You don't even have to teach somebody insurance anymore. You just have to teach them how to sell and understand risk and how to communicate that to the client. And like, then you can like bring in a, a pre and see guy on the side. The last three guys that David has hired, that's all he's taught them. And that's something that I'm doing right now. I'm teaching them the work comp and how it works and how that kind of thing could work. And here's the difference this 22-year-old, it's going to take him a year or two, but he's going to be 25 years old making 150 dollars to $200,000 a year because he's popping 30, dollars dollars $50,000 revenue accounts. Yeah. So I think that there's huge opportunity um, for current agencies, but I think it's a very attractive model. I'll end with this. It's why Protege is so great. Protege yeah. exposes how much, and I don't want to say how much money, but how much you can help people. Yeah. These people out there, look, James, James, two story. I'm talking with um, Don R. Jensen, which is a uh, a monoline work comp uh, broker. They're really large, really large. Well, I'm talking with the son. I've known him forever. Whenever him and I, when he was like 20 and I was in my thirties, we kind of knew each other. Well, now he's taken over from dad. And I was talking to him a couple months ago and he told me that around 60, now listen to this Freedom Jumpers, 60 to 70% of their policies never get touched, never get quoted, never get um, a loss runs requested for them. They don't know who the agent is. They deal with a different CSR of who's renewing that business with this broker. 60 to 70%, we're talking premiums of fifty to $150,000 or more. No one's touching them. And then you've got David, you've got Charles out there teaching us, James, to go, hey, this is how you do that. And you realize like, wow, price really isn't a thing. Like, I'm really helping this person. Like, I'm really giving them risk advice, you know. And yeah. um, I think that's such a rewarding feeling. And it, not only that, it increases your margins and allows you to realize those five truths faster.
0: As far as our talking points goes, and this really is some of the secret sauce. So for those of you listening, yeah, this is the sort of stuff I could easily pay for, but I'm not asking for any money on this. The talking points that we've deployed has been nullifying and just taking the insurance product out of the conversation entirely. Mm -hmm. Of, Of telling these these business owners, look, here's the thing: I'm a risk manager. I have to sell insurance because that's a large part of where my revenue comes from. But you're getting a whole lot of additional stuff from my office completely for free. And you're going to get stuck on the insurance policy, Mr. Insured, Mrs. Insured. But here's the reality that nobody wants to talk about. The product itself can be delivered by anybody, anybody who is reasonably qualified, can deliver that exact same product. I I had this conversation with a restaurant owner um, literally this week. They are moving from Ohio to Texas to Keller, and they are opening a new sushi concept. They have existing restaurants in Ohio. And I don't know how somebody else had a Liberty quote, uh, but I, I am placing the business with Liberty. And they keep sending me these competing quotes from Liberty I can only think that it's some sort of like I don't know cluster program or whatever but I had to finally say look you know Mr. Insured here's the thing the product itself doesn't matter you sent me a competing quote from Liberty I've already demonstrated because I sent you the first one from Liberty I have Liberty so anything that this other office can do I can do oh by the way I'm the number one agent for Liberty in our aggregator network out of 84 agents in in my little cluster with SIAA. Who's the number one office with Liberty? Hello, it's me. So if you are looking for someone with a good relationship with Liberty, you found them. So can we just take the insurance product and set it aside because it's irrelevant? What else are we doing? In-house claims management, in-house mm. loss control services. So true, true. I haven't got in the learning management system yet with Think HR. Thank you, David. But the only reason I haven't is because we don't have enough quote or uh, client volume to make it worthwhile yet. We absolutely mm. will. It, it is, I think the opportunity, my answer to the question that I asked you is there is such an opportunity to level up our talking points, to level up our value offering because the vast majority of people in this space are not doing anything to improve themselves. Their game today is exactly the same as it was five years ago. Their automations haven't changed. The messaging to the client hasn't changed. Their sales tactics hasn't changed. They are years behind the curve. And those of us that are paying attention, that are actively looking to improve, are going to flat out smoke them. The incumbents that have been sitting on their accounts for years, watch out, we're coming for you. And I don't mind saying that. It's going to make some people uncomfortable. And some people are going to say, well, you're just bragging. You're just a talking head podcast host. Okay. Well, let's see. Last year, we did 1.8 million in new business premium, roughly 370 in revenue. This year, year to date, as I sit here right now, we're at 1.5 new business premium. And we aren't even to the second half yet. So, The growth curve, and I I didn't know the numbers until I hired uh, my fractional CFO, that I'm not going to tell you their name because I don't know if they're accepting new clients or not. And I don't want you Googling them. They might be annoyed with me. Uh, You know who they are. I think you're Mm. probably using them too, or at least know a lot of people that are. We had Mm. the meeting a month ago, and he said, you're at 107% growth year over year. And I'm thinking, well, that's cool. And then I'm thinking, how do we get there? Oh, we're pushing the envelope freaking everywhere, mm-hmm. every possible way. The, the four stages of this business, the sales process on the front end, the service process, the claims process, and what I'm calling stewardship, long-term nurturing of existing clients and the remarketing, you know, like reshopping that. strategy. Those four areas, we are straight up just punching in the face on all four areas. That is... The 107% growth, is it bragging? As my grandfather said, it ain't bragging if it's true. And okay, well, granddaddy, no brag, just fact, as my dad said. That's right, it is. So is is, is it bragging? Maybe if you're intimidated, if you have a scarcity mindset, you might think that it's bragging. Um, I know a lot of people out there will go, yeah, awesome, way to go, because they have an abundance mindset just like I do. My Mm -hmm. success does not in any way take away from your opportunity for equal or greater success. So, sorry, there's my soapbox. I'm just going to say freaking level up your offering because if you're not actively leveling up your offering, you're going to get left behind. Jason, I like wanna
1: uh, Jason, I wanna I want to talk to business owners, but I don't even know where to start. Well, don't talk to them about price. Just say this to them. Say, hey, I understand that I think workers comp is one of your largest expenses when it comes to insurance. And that's for most states, I'm not familiar with Texas, for most states that's true. Then mm-hmm. just yeah. ask them, say, has anybody ever told you that your work comp is actually the only policy that you control the price? Just ask them that. Start right there. And then when they say, Well, what do you mean? That's where you just need to start studying modification factors and how to get discounts on workers' comp. It's not about you being superhuman and knowing the coverage because work comp pretty simple. It's about you putting a different perspective into their mind. No one's ever told them that they can control the cost of their workers' comp. No one. No one has ever done that. And when you figure out how to do that, you can listen to, you can listen to Charles Carruthers, Charles Carruthers, Charles Cruthers, and David Speck. Yeah. So David Cruthers, you can, or, or Charles Speck, you can listen to their podcast and you'll learn exactly how to do that. So just wanted to give that little tidbit before we move on. I love it. I love it, man. That's uh
0: man, If I'm on the other side of this podcast, I'm going, dang, that was good. <laughs> Cause I'm sitting here in front of the microphone going, that was a good segment. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I'm looking, this is the 35-minute mark of this recording. So this is probably a great time to drop that commercial break. So go ahead and hit them with the commercial. We'll come right back. Hey, Freedom Jumper. Are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, a nationwide brokerage solutions. They understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Okay, that was an awesome commercial Lightspeed Voice glove box. I'm not sure who it was this time. Um, But yeah, they're legit. And let me just say, I haven't recorded the one for Advisor Evolved, and I know they have a great relationship with you guys. Mm -hmm. I don't need a script. I'm just going to say I've had Advisor Evolved from my website since the very beginning of RiskWell and man, they are so clutch. Uh, Chris Langell and his team, they are certified badasses in every possible way. Uh, They are innovating and they are the clear number one. Uh, Forge 3 is another good one. There's some other good ones out there that are beyond uh, that conversation. I will say everything that I've seen in the insurance website world, you're either advisor evolved or you're chasing Advisor Evolved and straight up <laughs> copying and riffing on their stuff. Yeah, very so true. if you're looking for the best possible insurance agency website, yeah, they're a little expensive. Yeah, they've got a, I don't know, $2,000 startup fee or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely worth it. Freaking get your website with Advisor Evolved. There you go. Sorry, no. Chris, I don't have a script. Don't really need one.
1: No. Moving you on. You don't.
0: Okay, so second half of the episode, maybe a little bit more than halfway at this point because we try to keep it under an hour. Um, okay. Question three, what is the next big thing? When we're looking at the horizon, what is the IA, the retail agent, what should they be aware of as the next big thing? Because you know, if you listen to some of the episodes, my biggest thing is if we can find the next big thing before it's the next big thing and get there ahead of the masses, we have a systemic advantage. So, for those of, of our listeners, our freedom jumpers that want to be aware of it, what's your take on the next big thing?
1: Man, you know what? I mean, it just goes back to what we're trying to what we're trying to do become better business owners and try to uh, manage what is going on out there. I see, um, I, I see a couple things. I, lo- I see what I call um, data humpbacking because I have no other word for it. Um, you're seeing pe- aging uh, systems out there that are figuring out how to aggregate data correctly and none of the management systems know how to do it. I mean, there's not one out there. That's not even Seth. Seth doesn't have a management system. No one knows how to do this yet. And as they do it, you're going to start to see companies like um, uh, CRMs out there that are then going to, rather than creating all those data sets, they're going to hook onto those. And then I was just talking to a um, a company that what they do is they uh, help CRMs become more dynamic and they're doing that by hopping on the back of that. So you're seeing a data trail that's going there. So you're starting to see how the American system works, right? Capitalist system. You have a manufacturer, you have a wholesaler, you have a retailer, you have a consumer. You're going to start seeing that in data. And when that happens, I've said this I said this 8 years ago and I think we're getting there now. I believe that pretty soon insurance will be almost like stock prices. You'll be able to buy it almost daily. I don't think that that's going to be a preferred or above average client. I don't think that this is going to take over the nation next week. But I think that very soon every piece of information I need to get a quote is in my phone. And I believe that through basic me hitting a button and it like, a, like, a, like an airline price, you're going to be able to see that. Once again, the carriers
0: I'm, are going to hate that man. Yeah, I, and, and I, and I agree just, with you. I totally agree with you. But I don't think it's going to be a
1: large, uh, large portion for. A it's going to be
0: that the transactional buyer, the standard, Correct. non-standard personal auto. Correct. Uh, you know, homeowners, small commercial, that flower shop on the corner. Absolutely.
1: I, I think, believe the yeah. next big thing is now that we have the technology of glove box. I, I'm not joking. I made a, th- a post in our mastermind um, in May and we had one in June or we had two in May and one in June where someone went in and went into my Glovebox app and made a change on their policy. They literally logged in and it took them to the agency's page and they made the, pa- they made the change. I have another one in May that made a payment. And it was with Erie Insurance. And if any of you guys are with Erie, I know some of you guys in the West and Central don't know them, but they're huge. They're like the 11th largest uh, insurance company. They only do business in 12 states. They're sometimes not the easiest to work with. But yet through Glovebox, that happened. I had a guy submit a change and it came directly to us because he was not... The carrier that we had was a regional and they didn't have an online system. I really think, James... That very, very soon we're on a watershed moment that we're, I mean, our, our clients, we don't know it. they're begging us to allow them another way than to call us or to go into an email and they're not sure if that's ever going to be replied to or did it go in somewhere. You feel more comfortable inside of an app. You yeah. know that it was done. There's confirmations that go back and forth. And I do believe we're at a watershed moment where having an app is going to be like the must thing. And I would say that's probably two to three years out when I say have to have it. Like it's yeah. just going to be that way.
0: Uh, really I Full transparency. I think Lovebox is really slick. I love the user interface. I like their value offering. The only reason I'm not already signed up with them is their support for commercials not there yet? And commercial is is a very large portion of our business. Mm-hmm. It is, um, yeah, for the for the majority personalized agent who's not on Glovebox or uh, the insurance agent app. Um, I feel like Glovebox is better, faster, prettier interface uh, than the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but the other uh, the insurance agent app has a it's lot of It's two different philosophies.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, so really they used to be a sponsor of ours, uh, insurance agent mobile app, uh, uh, Kiki Johnson and Matt Aaron, great people. It's two different philosophies and they'll tell you, one believes in hooking into the AMS, one believes in hooking into the API of the carrier. I think yeah. the AMS was a great buy and a great thing to be a part of six, seven years ago because yeah. we didn't have API integration. So you took that, but you're so limited by what the AMS has give you. So getting that API, now the slow part of that, James, is it's taking a while to build those little inside knowledge. I believe that Ivins, whether you hate them or not, um, I sit on the Ivins Council, Agents Council for them. I believe that Ivins is going to become that adapter. If you picture an adapter of, you know, trying to go, you know, VGA to HDMI or whatever, they're going to be that universal adapter. I think that's going to speed up that API. And this is part of the reason why in two to three years, your client's going to be able to get on like a hundred and some carriers that they could possibly be on and make real time changes and get back real time answers. And think how that's going to change the way that people personalize, as you said, um, have people that, that are, are, are walking in making payments. I want to say also, James, a little side note. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I had had a, a couple uh, uh, things of wine and I was talking, I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, you know how many people have a problem of people walking in their office and making payments? And I'm thinking to myself, if I ever hear an agent say that again, that was their fault. Because the pandemic made all these people go away for yeah. 10 to 12 months. So yeah. if they come back in again, that was because you just let it happen. You know what yeah. I mean? I was just thinking about that. Sorry to get off on that. but
0: now, The only thing I will add to what you just said is Glovebox took that argument and flipped it on its head because they integrate with the AMS. Mm-hmm. They're, they're having native integration with Nowcerts. They have a native integration with Hawksoft. So yeah. it's like if you're not using something like Glovebox, and I don't even know if they have a real competitor at this point. I don't know if any other company has innovated to the degree that they, they have. They really don't. They really. I don't, don't ever want to seem like I'm a shill for one vendor because, I mean, I, I'm not. Um, I'm really not. I, I want the best toys to play with, Absolutely. whoever that is. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, uh, one of my friends, and I'm not going to call him out by name because he got all butt hurt when I called him out last time. <laughs> Um, he came at me and was like, hey, you're such a fanboy for that, that better agency. Like, I don't take what you say seriously. You're, you're such a fanboy. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, bro, I am the opposite of a fanboy. You ask anybody in that group with better agency, I'm a pain in the butt sometimes. Pain in the ass. I, absolutely. I, I come at them... At least two or three times a month with, hey, I found a problem here. What's going on? You hey, do that with to... all vendors. You do that with all yeah. vendors. The idea that I'm a fanboy for anything is just no, no. ludicrous. That is so is. for I my am. and he's a good kid. I like him. He he is he is absolutely a, a hothead who shares his opinion a little bit too liberally most of the time. But the idea that me in this position, or you or anybody else who has a bit of a voice is fanboying or shilling for anybody Mm -hmm. i we just have to be really mindful of that as you know i'm not anywhere near your level of visibility or you know recognition or even credibility Mm -hmm. but i'm starting to see i have to be very careful with what i say as a podcast host as someone who is more visible because i'm held accountable to the things that, that i type in those comments or or whatever so when i talk about a vendor. If I haven't personally used them, i got to be really careful. And if I'm not aware of exactly how a competitor does things, like I love Advisor Evolved. And yes, I said the name Forge 3. uh, And I'm not in any way knocking them. I know a lot of people are really happy with Forge 3 as a competitor of one of my preferred vendors. I just think it's really careful. uh, Let me rephrase that. It's really important that I acknowledge for the people listening, yeah, the vendors that we talk about it's only because we have personal experience with them. There's plenty of other good options. They're just not the ones that we chose. And there's a lot of reasons why they're not the ones that we chose. So when there's I there's say- a
1: lot of them that you don't even want because you say their name. Let's make no bones about this, uh, Freedom Jumpers. Also, our podcasts are, are like, I don't want to say billboards, but they're content. And the way that the television industry has worked and the radio industry and all marketing is working, when you have content, if eyeballs are there, you want to be there. So if a business comes to us and says, hey, we want to do this and we want to be on that, then we creatively put a plan together. And that's why sometimes, but you and Hanley and the hosts are so good at letting people know a lot of times like, hey, I don't actually use these people, but here's what um, they've been told or they have this much uptime and you tell facts. Let's just be honest. Sometimes people get upset with us because we're entrepreneurs. Um, and that's just the way that it is, James. You're always gonna have that. So yeah, and, and just to be clear, because I don't want to create a, you
0: know, some kind of thing that I'm super sensitive about somebody coming at me with an opposition <laughs> or a, a conflict or a complaint of some kind. Hey, if I piss you off, hit me up in the email podcast right. at riskwell.com. That's Let's right. have that conversation like grown adults. Let's get over it and move on. The whole like, so-and-so said something and I don't like it so I'm offended now. And I'm just like, shut up. Can we just address whatever the grievance is and move on and be better together? Like,
1: the whole high school drama thing I just think is so silly. Dude, I'm worth $400 an hour. I've, yeah. I've done the math, okay? Your words are yeah. pretty much the same. I got things to do. I don't have time yeah. to get into this drama, you know? Yeah. So, no,
0: you know. sorry. I, moving on. <laughs> yeah. the, the captive agent listening to this is going, Wow the IA world is just as dramatic as my stupid yeah. captive bra- yeah. drama nonsense. It's oh, drama when we have district meetings high. and it's it's a pecking order in our district office of who's better than who and who's the DM's favorite this month or whatever. Yeah, there's definitely some of that in the independent world too, ladies and gentlemen. But it's like a uh, friendly
1: thing. It's a family thing, right? Yeah. I'm competitive with my sisters. Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, I love them more than anything, but we're competitors. So yeah, there yeah. is a difference in the IA. There is a lot of competitiveness, a lot of confrontation, but we all are on the same page
0: the only thing that I would advocate for is that we have that mentality of being on the same page I think there are some toxic elements that I just need to acknowledge it as we transition out of this this little uh, conversation it, it, the toxic element that really is tribal in their thinking uh, that has the scarcity mindset um, those people need to be educated or marginalized one or the mm-hmm. other either change your thinking to be more of hey how can we collaborate how can we benefit each other how can we find our niche and support each other in that niche the whole tribalism so and so is better than so and so in an existential way i think those kind of voices need to be either uh, evolved or or pushed to the side so I uh, if i don't know that's we can we can beat that horse some more later i have one that's last very question true, And I think this really plays into it here. Um, I didn't realize where the conversation was going to organically go that leads us to this last question. Um, But as you look at what you see from agents in uh, the industry, in your group, uh, the Agency Intelligence Mastermind, in Killing Commercial with Carruthers, in IAOA, or the new group that Joe Campert started, the Syndicate, which... Opens up a lot of other people like life and health and Medicare. And uh, mm-hmm. IOA is very, very high percentage property and casualty people. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of other kinds of insurance people in that group. Syndicate, if you're listening and you really like life and health and uh, Medicare Supplemental and other things beyond PNC, check out insurance syndicate. It's, it's a pretty useful group. Um, it, within these groups, these masterminds mm-hmm. and just your conversations, what is one, maybe two things that you really wish agency owners uh, and, and sales professionals would stop doing? Bad behavior, bad idea, bad headspace, whatever. What do you want agents to stop doing?
1: Okay. Uh, that's a tough one because I got a whole slew um, once, I get, once I once I would get going. But one yeah. of the things that um, I want you to look at business differently. I, I think that um, I think there's a lot of things we need to stop doing. For instance, um, we need to stop looking at customers on a one year scale, meaning. If the numbers tell us that the average person stays with you for 8 to 10 years and you write a commission that, I'm just going to keep numbers simple, $100 a year, that's actually a $1,000 client. Sometimes we don't look at it that way. So when Walmart puts out projections of their business, that's what they're doing. They're putting out projections and then based on their numbers through the quarter and the year, the the stock price goes up or down. It's very, very similar to how we should be living and working with our clients. This is so important. I tell my staff all the time, like we have one that we just wrote $107,000 in revenue, seriously got it on a BOR per CBK, cold-blooded killer. And I tell my staff, I say, listen, the odds are that this is going to stay with us for six to 12 years. I think it'll even be more because it's super niche and it's what we do, but that's a million dollar client.
0: That's awesome, dude. can no, we just no, pause but, 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 and but, but, say, congratulations at yeah, 107,000 in revenue, man. That's awesome.
1: 107,000 in revenue. But here's my point. We have to mentally adjust ourselves that that's a million dollar client. And they should be treated as such because that's what they're going to bring our agency, right? So I think that we need to start looking things as long tail, understanding that as that agent, I'm just going to tell you, James, not everybody had your success. Not everybody. I saw you posted last month, I think $327,000 in new business. That's not normal. Right. No. That's not. No, I, and I'm glad no, I
0: recognize that.
1: I'm, well, and you do. And you say that to the uh, to the to uh, the uh, to the Freedom Jumpers. You do say that. So I respect. Results that because- are not
0: typical. Individual results may vary. <laughs> yeah. Please consult I lost somebody. 400 pounds on this weight
1: loss system.
0: <laughs> Please consult somebody before actually <laughs> Please talk to your doctor before visiting this product. <laughs>
1: So that's not normal. So I think people need to open up to the fact that it is a long-term game. It really truly is. I think there's that normal thing of people out there pushing insurance, okay? But we all know that that's just tacky, right? You see a lot less on Facebook like, hey, call me for a quote. I mean, I don't really see that much anymore. We kind of know. Another thing I wish agents would quit doing is quit inviting me to like your page for your agency, okay? You're in Oregon. Facebook Facebook knows that you really don't need Jason Cass in Illinois to like your Facebook page. And you're not just inviting Jason because you want Jason, the the, the podcast guy. You're just doing it because it's blanket. Stop that, please. Okay? It drives me nuts. Um, so there's, there, there's actually a lot of different things that we want to do. I I say this all the time, stop, start changing, challenging the norms. You heard me say that earlier. That is the serious thing of me. Like I had got to the point about 10 years ago when I started, my agency was like, you know what? I'm going to actually practice what these people tell me and see if it works. And some of them did and some of them didn't. And because we're all like fingerprints, Some of them may work for somebody else that not me. I've learned also, James, that's one of the hardest parts about being a host is making sure that like sometimes people, they take it as bragging, as you said earlier, or you take it as I'll say like, Hey, that didn't work in my agency. And here's why. Sometimes people will be like, well, that works in my agency. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. I'm just saying it didn't work in my agency. And the reason why (laughs) is, 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 is I don't, I don't say things to make you mad I yeah. say things so people who relate to me understand that they're not alone. Does yeah. that make sense? And so that's yeah. why, so sometimes I, I'm not coming against somebody for what they're doing. It just didn't work for me. And I want other people to know that it was cool that it didn't work for you either, right? Because we're in this yeah. together. Absolutely. So those agree, are some man. things. So how about you? What's something you don't like?
0: You know, I think probably the in the social world, like to your point with the whole asking uh, – I don't think people understand the concept of diluting your your like pool and organic reach is already really hard with these pages. Um, it, this is going to sound a little bit ironic because of how much time I spend on social. Um, there is so much uh, wasted time and energy uh, that so many people engage in. Riskwell is, is a weird animal. And I said this in, in one of my posts recently. It's like, I get it. We're a unicorn to a certain extent just because of how we're structured. Uh, real estate investor is not a specialty. Quote, oh, we specialize in insert thing here that you don't really specialize in. Um, so many people say, oh, I specialize in helping people save money on their insurance. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so dumb. Like, why would you even say that? That's not a specialty, <laughs> you freaking moron. Like, <laughs> literally every person in the entire industry wants to save people money on their home on auto insurance, dipstick. Like, that's yeah, not a specialty. That- Like, if you have an actual specialty, like uh, Robert Springer in New York, dry cleaners, that's a specialty. Right. Dry cleaners, that's what he does. Um, Kenny Boardman in Austin, he specializes in high-performance auto shops. Like, if you're a a tuner, uh, an aftermarket parts installer, like, for luxury and exotic and race cars, like, that's a specialty. Like, get a specialty specialty. Find something that you love because the, the narrative is so generic, man. It sounds exactly the same. And I know part of my problem is that I have hundreds and hundreds of insurance people in my airspace. Like mm-hmm. I see content from literally hundreds of insurance people because I get friend requested two or three times every day from, a, from an insurance mm-hmm. agent. So I see their stuff that they're putting out there. I would say more than 95% of the people that I'm in contact with look and sound like everybody else. They are mm-hmm. not offering anything unique to mm-hmm. their social ecosystem, which I have to think that means you're not offering anything unique to your natural market, to where you are in whatever city you're in. You look and sound like everyone else. I think and when that, you do
1: that, they only have price as the decision factor.
0: Absolutely. So, what factor. I would say stop doing. And I know this is going to be a silly thing, but stop doing dot 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 what everyone else is doing. Right. Find something that is different. Find your niche. And I love what Hanley said uh, in a recent episode. He said, um, you know, automotive industry is not a niche. Like, oh, we, we specialize in working yeah. with automotive industry things.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I took that for myself. I was like, hold on a second. That... That hits home because on my website, it says the three things that we do in commercial skilled contractors, healthcare, medical, and technology IT. Like, I'm guilty of that. My website is a little too generic. So I'm sitting here thinking, well, yeah, if I'm honest, it's not skilled contractors, it's roofers and general contractors, like true paper GCs that are doing zero labor in house. They're 100% subbed out. Like, that's what I mean. When, gotcha. I say, when I say healthcare and medical, what do I mean? The specialty doc practice that owns their own building and has payroll in-house where they have enough. They, like That is it. Not a, a family practice, not a chiropractor, not a dentist because Lord knows there's thousands of them. I'm talking about the small privately held practice that owns their building. Like, really, that's what I mean when I say we specialize in healthcare and medical risk. And when I say technology and IT service and repair, that's not a specialty. That's a very large vertical. There's literally thousands of businesses in that vertical. Mm-hmm. What I really mean is cybersecurity firms, software developers, and Geek Squad kind of retail businesses like, we will come to your business and fix your IT problem, a managed services provider. That's what I mean inside of technology and IT. And I I take a couple of minutes to answer it in that level of specificity because I think it's really, really useful for people listening when they're saying, oh, well, I've heard it a bunch of times recently from different people on podcasts and I read it in a book. I need to find a niche or niche if I'm saying that word correctly. I think it's niche.
1: Hanley says niche. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of the. He's an East Coaster. Don't listen to him. We got to stick together, man.
0: There you go. We, I, Texas is not the Midwest. Texas is Texas. It, it it's, is Texas, yeah. but we're close. We're not. Yeah, the we East are. Coast. We're closer than upstate we're New York. We're not East Coast. Sorry, Albany. Up. Yeah. No. So, so I. So I hey, think
1: hey, hey. It's something I want to add to what you're saying there, though. It is uh, it's important. So we specialize in nonprofits, specifically senior centers and assisted living facilities. We do not do nursing homes. We don't do LTC. We don't yeah. do hospice. We do assisted living facilities that are nonprofit. A lot of them are for profit and we don't do yeah. those. Um, and so that is so that is something. And when he said that, I heard him say that on the podcast. I said, that is a really, really true statement that someone should take away from. You can yeah. go to nonprofit profitinsured.com. And you can find that we have a whole website on there. We've mm-hmm. rebranded it. It even says powered by the insurance Alliance. We've created MP local podcasts where a podcast where we um, provide this, there's huge turnover going in, over right now in a lot of nonprofits, a lot of industry, specifically senior centers and assisted living. And so we're creating podcasts to help them. So when that new CEO takes over, that new human resource director takes over, they have some insight on what's going on in their 20 minute podcast. Um that we just try to keep bite-sized for them to listen to while they're at work. My point of that is, is when we went after that niche, we have everything around us that is that niche. And I think what I want the the freedom jumpers to hear here is that when you want to get in commercial insurance, this is what you do because you immediately, you could know, you could know nonprofits for six months. But if you have all this stuff around you and you know three or four specific coverages or or yeah, coverages they need, dude, you you have more uh, more leg up than someone who's been doing it 10, 15, 20 years. This yeah. is a way for you to become an expert immediately. And so I think it's important. Now, where do you get it? Look at your carriers, whatever of what you have. And then here's what I do. I look for family members, maybe that I tell this to agents. Who's got a family member? Well, I want to go after chiropractics. Well, do you have a family member that's a chiropractic? Do you have a friend that's a chiropractic? Can you go go take the local chiropractic out to lunch? You know, do these things. It doesn't take a very long to kind of get their lingo and figure out like, hey, this could be a niche of mine.
0: The, the three things that I'm going to be having in a different episode, so I'm kind of stealing my own thunder here, but as they're trying to figure out, it's not just, hey, I like chiropractors. The three ingredients that we'll unpack in a different episode is Uh-oh. you have existing knowledge of some sort of that vertical. You know something about it from a prior job. It's a hobby of yours or whatever. You have existing knowledge. Yes. There's a high volume in your market. And you can get you enough, enough hits at, at the plate. But the third one, the absolutely most important, essential thing is, is there enough revenue in that vertical? Is your per account revenue even worth your time?
1: That's right. Because
0: chiropractors, I have a lot of friends in the local area that are chiropractors. I am not spending five seconds on a chiropractor. And the reason for that is the only thing they need is the BOP. They don't own their building. They almost never own their building. Uh, They don't have an auto. They have no staff, so there's no work comp. They get their errors and omissions from their associations because the relationships they have within the chiropractic world, we can't touch as generic retail agents. We're never going to sell a chiropractor's medical malpractice policy. It's just not going to happen. So there's, looking at the account, there's no EPL because they don't have any... Any of that. There's no management liability. They have minimal cyber exposure because most of what they do is very small, low volume transaction. So there's no PCI compliance. There's literally like going down the list. Ain't nothing there. So why mm-hmm. would you spend five seconds even going after the chiropractor Very well vertical? Said. I
1: hope your listeners are listening to what you just said, and they might need to hit that 30-second back button three times because <laughs> that, that was – no, I'm serious. That was yeah. well said. Those were three keys when you're looking at that. Let's go on because you got – that's content.
0: Yeah, That's content. I do the it, same were, thing, dude. The I only thing that content. I'm going to say there – and I didn't mean to talk over you just then. I apologize. That's it. You're fine. The, uh, the solution spotlight <laughs> episodes. Now that we're done with the foundation episodes, the first seven – were the solutions or the uh, the foundational episodes? We're done with that now. So I'm going to be looking and searching the landscape for legitimate experts in certain niches. We're going to start recording those extra solution spotlight episodes. No more than two a month, probably one a month on average. Okay. But if you're listening to this and you consider yourself a legitimate expert in any niche. I mean, anything in the property and casualty world, hit me up, podcast at riskwell.com. I want to have you on as a guest. We can talk about your vertical because we're going to have, it's roughly a 20, 25 minute uh, episode. It's not a long episode at all. We're literally going to unpack that very specific vertical and in that episode. So uh, there you go. There's your pitch for the, the future stuff. I like it. Cass, you are everywhere. How do you want people to find you? If they want to interact with you, um, for instance, if they want to look at potentially having their own podcast from the Insurance Podcast Network or Pod Squad or whatever, if mm-hmm. they want to find you for Agency Intelligence Mastermind, mm-hmm. where do they find you?
1: Yeah. So um, you can find us at insuranceagencyintelligence.com, insuranceagencyintelligence.com. That's where you're going to get, you're going to find out about our mastermind. Uh, That's a pretty exclusive group. There's around 170 agents in there. Average agency is about a million and a half to 3 million in revenue. Uh, Very high powered. Um, We were just, we just celebrated a champion. That's what we call ourselves in there. Uh, He's had his fifth year in business. And he wrote 1.2 million in revenue after his first uh, first five years. So we thought that that was pretty impressive, um, especially when he started scratch and he probably wrote hardly anything his first year or two. Um, so that, th- those different types of things. So you can always find us there. That's, a, that's, a, that's more of a community than anything. Um, and I started off a long time ago with an open community before IAOA. And I got a bunch of people in there. I got to tell you, James, they were saying things, and I'm like, oh my gosh you can't tell that to other people that that that's not good advice and so I just decided to charge $99 and I had about four or 500 people and all of them except 10% left. And those 40 have been with us forever and we've grown it. It's been fantastic. I want you to also check us out. If you do want to do a, a, a pod, a podcast, we do over 27 podcasts for different agencies or different, uh, people just like agency freedom here. You can find us at PodSquad.fm. PodSquad.fm pod squad.fm is where you can find us there. And then also I want you, this is my most important thing, James is, theinsurancepodcastnetwork.com because now that now we're now we're doing some stuff. And I got a bunch of agents that wanna get on there. And we're probably not gonna take any more for about six months to a year. Because right now we wanna develop our audiences, especially your audience uh, is really, really great with these captives coming over um, and listening so that they can better themselves. I think it's really, really great. So that's where you can find me. And if you personally want to reach out to me, just reach out to me at Jason at agency-intelligence dot com. Jason at agency-intelligence dot com or insuranceagencyintelligence.com. So that's it. Thank you, brother.
0: Awesome. This was great, man. Uh, We ran long, which I think zero people are surprised when Jenkins and Cass get on on the show. I just set aside an hour and 10 minutes because it's going to be worth it. I I think I don't mind saying it. It's a little self-serving, but I think this was great content. I'm going to go back and listen to it myself to make sure I don't miss any of the great stuff you laid out for us. Well, thank so you. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of episode 10. I have three very simple requests for you, the mm-hmm. same ones that I always have. Subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. We have to have subscribers. That's the only way the algorithm knows about it. Uh, number two, review. If you like what you hear, please give me the courtesy of 30 seconds of your time, a couple of sentences, fire that thing off. And third and most importantly, there is someone stuck in their captive life. They are less than their potential. They are frustrated. They are looking for the right exit. And we are going to help them find that exit. Share this podcast with someone in the captive world. And that's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins, where we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you soon. Bye.